I've gotten such huge compliments from the clients. The information is very clear and concise. The actual reporting, they actually love it. There is a component of the report where we can even do like a cost analysis. And that's that's been like the most helpful to them because if we're saying, hey, I don't know, three stoves need to be replaced and the stoves are say 500 each. There's a report that will basically give them an estimate of what these repair and replacement items are right away. Hi, I'm Glennis Murkison from Happy Co. Welcome to Voices, where we feature fresh perspectives in multifamily. Industry leaders have faced significant pressure from the pandemic, but adapting is what multifamily does best. In season three of Voices, we'll feature industry problem solvers, people finding creative ways to solve property challenges. Our first guest of season three is Darlene Hunter, SVP of Operations for Stonemark Management. Darlene has more than 25 years of multifamily experience, successfully managing Class A, B, and C communities. Over the years, Darlene has developed a specialty in due diligence, working her way up from walking units to hiring and training the acquisition team she now manages as Senior Vice President. Today on Voices, Darlene will discuss how she developed her due diligence best practices, from standardizing templates and communicating pre-walk to reporting the findings and recognizing team members for their hard work. Thanks for joining us, Darlene. Thank you, Glennis. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we're really glad to have you. So let's just kind of get started covering how you got into multifamily. I, I understand it had a little something to do with a leasing office. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. When I uh, moved to Atlanta in the late 80s, uh, me and my fiance at the time went apartment shopping. And I love the environment uh, in the leasing office. Uh, the leasing agents had on khaki shorts, polos, the music was blaring, everybody was happy. And in that moment, I decided that I literally wanted to do well, what I thought was leasing, right? Not property management, but, but just leasing. And that's, that's how I came to be in property management. Wow. And and did you have a manager in the early day who encouraged you or what was that first supervisor like for you when you got your start? My first supervisor was an awesome uh, mentor. Like she was amazing. Having uh, a college degree from uh, Florida State University, clearly um, I had more experience probably coming through the door than a typical uh, leasing agent as far as uh, formal education. But she did take me under her wing I went from a part-time leasing agent to a full-time within six months to then becoming an assistant manager uh, by the seventh month of employment uh, with her. And from there, um, I worked under her for about two years. And after that, she pushed me to apply for and get a manager's position outside of the company that we were working with, but she continued to be my mentor for years after that. Wow. Wow. I definitely want to talk about mentorship later because it seems so important to the industry. But for now, I mean, in those early days, can you share some of the key things that she taught you about management? I'm sure there's just so much stress to deal with. There's feedback to give. If you could kind of weigh in on that, I think it would help anyone listening. Sure. Uh, property management is basically customer service. And uh, this 
my mentor was very customer service oriented. There's a lot of stress that comes uh, with property management. You know, of course, you got people not being able to afford to pay their rent. Uh, maybe they're not happy with their apartments. And uh, one of the very first um, levels of training that she gave me was to always uh, focus on the customers and their needs and not to take uh, any of their anger uh, personally. So uh, that was the first level. And then uh, from there, it was more like on a leadership track for me. If she was out of the office, she would like make sure that I was in charge, but she would also uh, leave me a to-do list of, you know, how I should handle things. And it just continued to like, you know, snowball from there. There was a point to where she was out of the office for about six months. And literally it gave me the opportunity to be, to act in her absence as the community manager. And uh, our corporate office didn't send anybody over. I handled the, the reporting. Um, she did. She would check on me from time to time, but she had already prepped me as to what needed to be done. And um, that's when she like returned. And a few months later, she's like, you're definitely ready. Oh, man. I mean, did you ever run her by, though, the way you gave feedback to others? Did you ever say, hey, did I handle that well? Because that's so much of what it sounds like can lead to turnover in the industry if people don't phrase things the right way in that delicate moment. So did you run those scenarios by her, too? Most definitely. Um, before she actually went out, like literally, even when she was there, she'd say, hey, go and talk to Darlene about this. So she was always uh, watching and observing and giving feedback. And of course, I was always asking for feedback. Hey, did I handle it? You know, the way that you would have handled it. And that would be either with a customer or with uh, one of the um, one of the employees. And um, she would give very good feedback to where um, if there was an improvement that needed to be made, um, I would make Make that um, improvement or or implement that right away. Wow. I mean, it sounds so much that you lucked out with her, but I can't imagine that you're seven months only from the start in the industry to assistant manager if you didn't really say, hey, I want to do something big and I think I'm ready for it. So I think sometimes women don't feel like they can make that push for themselves, like they can want a promotion, ask for it, make it happen in the way sometimes maybe men feel more comfortable saying, here's where I want to go. So can you talk to people listening who might be very early in their start wanting also to lead a due diligence team one day? Can you tell me how you had that confidence? Like that, yeah, it's scary, you know? So how, how, what are your tips on how to speak and say what you're thinking when you want to grow in the industry? I have to say uh, in my entire time in property management while I was on site, I had mostly female or women community managers. So they were already living where I wanted to be. And, and I always say mentors become friends and they do like lifelong friends. So um, I did express to her, um, she knew that I was recently had graduated from uh, college. She knew that I wanted uh, more because I did um, express it to her, which is how it came to be with her, you know, taking me under her wing. So right away, you know, she knew that I was capable. Um, she would always say, oh my goodness, you're so smart. You're going to go far in this uh. industry. So, <laughs> so yeah. So it, for me to share, hey, I want more it made it very easy because she was also someone that started out as a leasing agent and had grown um, in the industry. Wow. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's switch into your due diligence kind of transition in your career. I mean, if you could tell me a bit about what it was like under a paper system, what those challenges were, and were there different dynamics of maybe 
Like we're, we're men running strategy, we're women taking notes, like walk me through maybe a difference in that environment. And also just some of those challenges on an operational level with, with a manual system. I probably had been, I don't know, part of a due diligence team for at least the last maybe I would say 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I did get the opportunity to work with a company um, that was basically, I don't know, acquiring quite a few uh, communities. Um, Once again, I like I've like left uh, my first mentor and now I'm working with uh, the next best mentor for sure. And uh, she um, selected me to be on the due diligence team. Um, And she mentioned, hey, we need people that are very uh, detailed with notes and have a detailed eye. You have that. So I would like for you to be on the due diligence team, which, you know, I found to be like um, an honor. And plus, like you got a chance to be away from the office, which was always a big thing. (laughs) So we actually did. We're working on a paper system um, at that time. So um, each uh, team at that point of the teams of two, there would be someone that would actually like call out the conditions um, of what they were seeing, you know, good, fair, poor, repair or replace. And then there was someone that was like actually taking notes. So I uh, had the opportunity at that time uh, to be like a unit inspector. And I would say um, it, uh, it was very interesting to say the least as far as like the paper system, even though the paper system I don't know, probably for about a good five years after I started um, assisting with due diligences, like we were on a manual paper system for that long uh, before there was a software that would actually, you know, uh, where we could enter the data and then a, a report can be compiled. So going back to the paper system, of course, we would write, like I said, the condition um, of the unit. You would have um, like a a male counterpart, uh, typically from the corporate office, that would basically compile that uh, data. They would be uh, on site. Uh, They would, you know, uh, visit with each of the teams that was doing the due diligence and, you know, just make sure that we were on point with the information uh, that they were like looking for. And then from there, that person would then compile the information and then submit the reports to to, I guess, would be the client or the owner at that point. Were there ever issues with the amount of time it took or with any of the accuracy of data? I mean, did you feel like there was something missing in a manual system that that one day if you got to lead a team, you'd hope for a little more precision? Oh, most definitely. I, I think that as far as the accuracy, uh, there would be times where um, I would get a phone call. Hey, Darlene, um, you marked this uh, this one particular carpet, uh, we'll say, as uh, fair. That was one of the units that I was in with you. And really, it should have been marked as poor. And like, this is like, why? Do you agree? So just wanting to like make sure that, you know, they were uh, correct in their um, assessment of the carpet uh, versus what I had marked. So definitely accuracy um, issues uh, for sure. Uh, not to mention uh, just like the, the actual uh, penmanship as well. Um, we would have to, you know, <laughs> call the person back. Hey, this looks like an A, but is it a B? 
So there was <laughs> I know my handwriting and that effort impossible. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, definitely even like penmanship uh, was um, an issue. And that's just with the letters that doesn't even include like with the comments to where sometimes you couldn't even figure out what the person was trying to, you know, relay as far as a comment. Wow. And you're talking about time here in the reporting end. Can you talk about like, what did it look like in the manual days to get on the reporting that last step done for the acquisitions team? Like how did that, how much time did that take? Like it would take at least like a full week, if not even more, because what you're talking about, depending on the size of the community is like uh, one person basically scouring over if there were like three due diligence teams or even more, depending on the size of the community where they literally would have to, you know, be flipping pages. Okay. I have this unit, A, B, B, C, D, like, so like it literally would take like over a week, if not long, a little bit longer uh, for them to be able to compile all of the information from the different inspectors. Wow. And so there was a day in your career where you got to run the show. You got to do this at Stonemark and hire your own team. And I'm curious how that worked when you chose software. Can you talk about kind of what you chose and what you wanted it to make possible for the team that you were going to get to build? Sure. So we were in the market uh, for, of course, a software such as HappyCo. And um, we interviewed HappyCo along with uh, two other, I would say, due diligence companies uh, that provided uh, same service or and even similar software as in like the data uh, collection. And uh, once we met with HappyCo, it was like a no brainer that we would be using the software uh, simply because of the reporting that could be generated uh, once all the all of the data was like downloaded. And even during uh, the presentation, um, it was mentioned how like this, comp- we would enter the data and like within like a day or so, we could literally be pulling reports and get the uh, due diligence report to the client like pretty quickly. And everything that Happy Cole said that the software did, it actually does. Wow. I know I can understand that's probably like a painful process if you're not sure you can trust what's going to be out, out the other side of launch. Um, were there things with photos too? I mean, I'm curious in the days of paper, it must have been difficult with a digital camera. What did you want out <laughs> of software, like to have your photos and notes make possible just on that accuracy level? Yeah, it makes me giggle a little bit that we were having to have to take so many uh, pictures with the digital camera and then changing the Sims car. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes. So with the um, software, um, in, addi- in addition to um, the, the data entry uh, part of it, of course, there's a template that Happy Co offers that, you know, rates the condition of the apartment. Uh, but then also, um, we get to take photos. And then we also get to place a comment next to those photos, as far as what the issue could be, because sometimes with a photo, while I took the photo and I know what I was taking. Uh, Maybe someone that's looking at it later may not understand what I was taking a picture of. That's the great aspect about Happy Coast software to me is that function of it in that we could do the rating. If if it's like repair or replace, we can require uh, within the template that the unit inspector actually take a photo and place a comment. So both of them, so that we don't just have people marking uh, a condition as repair or replace, but like there's no rhyme or reason why that may have been like selected. So yeah, far from the days of like the manual 
paper and then the digital cameras. And I'm not even sure if you remember or not, but with the digital camera in the beginning, there wasn't even sort of like labeling. It, it grew to the labeling of a, of a, of a photo. And with the happy Cole software, like everything, everything is labeled like for the actual unit that you're in, which makes it so much easier um, for the unit inspector, but then also the person that is like compiling and reviewing the data. Yeah, let's let's get into that reviewing data when you have it real time. I mean, so much of due diligence walks, it sounds like it's just that high stakes game of day of you have one shot trying to get everything right. What is it like when you ha- you can be nimble with data that's coming in, maybe on a dashboard as the walk's happening? What does that make you able to do as a leader now of a team? Sure. Um, I, I, I have to say, I love like the dashboard because in real time, I can ascertain if uh, unit walkers are basically compiling the information exactly like I've asked them to do. Uh, one of the examples would be like flooring. Whereas the template, you know, may have uh, vinyl, laminate, tile, uh, wood related to the flooring. If one unit walker is like listing vinyl and another is listing laminate, I get to see like right away, like who the inspector, which inspector is labeling it laminate when I specifically said label it as vinyl uh, so that I could like send a, a group text like right away. Hey guys, I see on the dash that, you know, we're labeling the flooring differently. Please make sure that we're all labeling labeling it as vinyl and not laminate. So I love the dash for that reason. But then also uh, the biggest part for me, part of any due diligence, we never really get to maybe inspect every single uh, unit. And sometimes that's because we don't have access. I don't know. Maybe it's a large cat. Maybe the keys didn't work. What what I'm able to do in real time, because the team's going to come in um, at lunchtime, they're going to start in the morning, come in at lunchtime, then go back out in the afternoon. At lunchtime, I'm able to like give our hosting team, hey, we weren't able to get into these five units for this reason. Can you go ahead and pull these keys so that we can have access in the afternoon? So the dashboard is like amazing. Wow. But you have to be this savvy. I mean, that's what's amazing, too, is all that management experience you gained is really coming up in a in a game day situation. Um, I'm curious, too, speaking of your management skill, what are you doing communication wise before the walk to get your teams off to that best start, you know, even before they have the, the template in their hands? Sure. Um, so right now we currently have a due diligence team of 15. So uh, we separated it uh, for, for unit inspectors and then for lease file auditors. And um, as soon as I get the word uh, that we have a due diligence um, that's going to be coming up, what I'll do is get everybody on a conference call. I'll like discuss, you know, of course, the name of the of the community, where we're going, how many units, like the age of the community, and then like what we can um, expect. Um, if at all possible, um, what I try to do is to visit the community uh, because I just want to see the layout of the of the various uh, unit types so that I can go ahead and create a template that's going to be very, very easy for the uh, unit walkers, say, not to make mistakes. So I'll discuss basically uh, the layout of the unit types and then how they should like start in each, say, floor plan. So if we're entering uh, in a in a foyer or as soon as we enter like in a kitchen, I like basically create a template so that it makes it very smooth for the walk teams to once they enter just to follow uh, the actual template. 
So in addition to that conference call, uh, we meet 30 minutes ahead of whatever scheduled time we're to be there. And at that point, um, once again, going over the template, seeing if anybody has like any questions and it just makes for a very uh, smooth uh, due diligence process. Very smooth. Yeah. I mean, that's just exceptional how you're merging tech with all of this management expertise you've gained. I mean, some of it was mentors, but on the ground, you were learning how to manage. And that leads me now to to the kind of feedback that's possible when you have this data. So you've had the due diligence walk. We're going to get to reporting in a second. But how are you telling people, hey, like this was a great job or this this might go better different, you know, differently the next time around? What are those conversations like when you actually have kind of numbers and pictures that you can start start that kind of talk going with people who've worked hard uh, when the pressure was high? I would have to say like in the beginning before I really got like really, really comfortable with the Happy Co um, software. So in the beginning, I was giving feedback like on the back end to where, you know, I would go through the data. Um, it's like, hey, guys, um, we had a good uh, due diligence because I, I want them to uh, feel good about, you know, coming and helping, uh, helping with the due diligence. But now what I've done is grown to basically give like positive feedback, like during those breaks. So at lunchtime, hey, guys, we've walked this many number um, of units. All of the data is like looking consistent. I really appreciate it. Please keep doing like a good job. So then after I go back, compile uh, the data, like literally at this point, I'm like saying, hey, guys, uh, great job. We only had this many um, errors or like no errors. One due diligence, we literally had no errors. Uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Like we had no errors on like the unit walk or the actual lease file audits. And I appreciate you guys so much. Like it makes a huge difference. And then I also make sure that I copy the president of the company because everybody likes to be acknowledged and, you know, likes the exposure to the people that matter. That just is such proof that, you know, that Stonemark cares about its own. I mean, you hear about turnover in an industry with so much pressure and you were honestly using the technology available to not just manage well, but to make people feel like they they matter when they're part of something that that difficult, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's exceptional. And I'm curious, just on the client side, how are they benefiting, Do you, would you say, from the reporting you can now pull off Versus kind of manual efforts that that might not have been as seamless if negotiating had to start soon. Yeah, I I can definitely say right now what is generated through Happy Co is a very professional um, report. What we do is compile it uh, from, you know, uh, cover page to the very end. Uh, We're giving like a narrative of uh, our days or a day there uh, during the due diligence and then basically implementing the Happy Code reports within our narratives. And I've gotten such huge compliments from the clients The information is very clear and concise. The actual reporting, they actually love it. There is a component of the report where we can even do like a cost analysis. And that's that's been like the most helpful to them because if we're saying, hey, I don't know, three stoves need to be replaced and the stoves are, say, 500 each. There's a report that will basically give them an estimate of what these repair and replacement items are right away. 
So they love the report. Wow. No, that's excellent to hear. I mean, I really am so grateful you've shared this story with us because everybody wants like a tactical play-by-play of a process this difficult. And I, you just, you've given it amazingly. Um, I want to close out though, talking, just ending on growth in the industry. You were lucky to have all these great mentors who believed in you. Can you share what's been rewarding for you as a manager these days, which are pretty stressful days across the board for people, and then also just ways you're helping people move up in multifamily? I would say in my time in property management, what I've loved the most is like leadership. I love seeing others win. I love seeing seeing others like grow and develop. So those really great uh, women mentors that I've like had like throughout my career, I'm like now one of those, um, either intentional, like if I see, you know, someone that wants to, you know, grow and develop, if they can communicate what it is they want, I'd like make an effort to like spend time with them, get the training that they need. And then some of it is, um, I would say unintentional because I have people that will call me out of the blue. Hey, I just want you to know like what a value you were to me as a leader. I think about you all the time. Um, can I ask you about this? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I love seeing people like myself. Like I, I wanted something more. Uh, I wanted a career and just not a job. And um, so for me, I, I think that I've fallen into where my mentors were for me at this point. I'm so, so grateful that when I called, you picked up the phone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. This has been an excellent, excellent story of not only your growth, but the way that you're, you're helping others. So we're really, really glad to feature you as a voice in multifamily. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Glennis. And I have to say, I love Happy Co. And I tell people that all the time when they're calling, hey, are you guys using a due diligence software? Hey, you got to use Happy Co. Oh, that's very nice to <laughs> yes. hear. Thank you. If you'd like to hear from other voices in multifamily or learn how to share your voice, head to voices.happy.co. You can find voices on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Voices is produced by HappyCo, which provides a clear and complete picture of your property. So you can do what you do best, boost revenues, motivate teams, and build communities your residents love to call home. That starts by listening to you, the voices of multifamily. I'm Glennis Murkison. Thanks for listening. Also, feel free to take a minute and rate or review this podcast. That will help us share the voices of multifamily. Mm-hmm.